Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Welcome back, Puncher Maniacs. We are so happy to have you back. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for preferring uh, Puncher Maniacs over any dumb thing Franco throws out there. Um, Punchaholics. Punchaholics. We certainly appreciate all you Puncher Maniacs for uh, eating your vitamins and saying your prayers, et cetera, et cetera. So (laughs) here we go. Uh, We Coming back this week, we had a few cards go on. But I think our strongest opinions were from London in yeah. uh, in the Joe Joyce versus Joseph Parker fight. I mean, we can dabble on some of the other stuff, but I got I got some serious thoughts on this one, Franco. I hope you do as well. I do as well. Um, I guess I have some opinions on other stuff from that weekend, but not anything to do a deep dive on. So we'll get into that in playing boxing. But yeah, let's go on ahead and get into these two main fights. Amanda Serrano. 33 years old, coming in at 42, 2, and 1. Versus Sarah Mafond, 32 years old, coming in at 11 and 0. Uh, the first thing I'll say, Franco, is I discounted Sarah going into this fight. I'm like, sure, she's 11 and 0, but who has she fought? And she looked like she belonged in the ring with Amanda Serrano. For sure. She can absolutely box, and I want to see her fight again. Uh, here's the only thing. She just wasn't at the same level as Amanda Serrano. She made Amanda Serrano work for it, but maybe it's just because I'm a super fan. You could tell me whether I'm just looking through the too much of like rose colored glasses, but Amanda Serrano is just fun to watch. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't uh, shake Sarah at any point, but she was still landing some power shots and still always on the attack, always on that front foot. But then when Sarah would counter, she could work off the back foot too. Like it was, she really is a joy to watch box. She's thoroughly is, has no holes in her game. And I love watching her box. I I will not even try to hide the fact that I'm a huge Amanda Serrano fan. Nothing in this fight made me think that uh, I'm going to change that uh, fandom anytime soon because she's just fun to watch, dude. She lands these shots that look like they're really delivering some, some oomph behind it. Yeah. And, you know, she came in at 126 for this fight and was defending her belts and added another belt to her collection. She's just a wonderful fighter. Yeah, I kind of agree. So there was a bunch of little things that I had issues with. But as far as how Amanda was fighting, you know, I was a little bit worried after that Katie Taylor fight, like mentally, was she prepared to get back in the ring? Did that take any of her edge off? And it didn't. She still came out like a killer. She moves so well. Her head movement, her footwork, she dances around that ring. And then, like you said, lands these really powerful shots. Like I'm sitting there watching and I'm thinking, man, if one of those clean shots landed on me, I'm in the hospital for at least a month, you know? Oh, without a doubt. And so I'm watching this and Sarah Mafoud, credit to her. And I hope I'm saying her last name correctly. I think it was Mafoud, Mafoud, either way. She not only hung with her, she ate some huge shots and just kept going like nothing was happened. The fact that this went to the cards was crazy because not only was she eating these monster punches, but she landed some of her own and Serrano was eating them. It was just awesome to see both these ladies eating those big shots. Yeah, she reacted to some of the power shots that landed square 
the way Michael Myers reacts when he gets hit in the face with like a, a four by four, you know, like yeah. <laughs> no reaction at all. You can see that there was, you know, some power behind it, but it did not slow her down. She's got a chin and we are going to be talking uh, a lot about chin in the main event of this yeah. one. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really a fun appetizer. Here's the one might be my favorite part of this whole card. I don't know whether you saw in the front row. Uh, I, I don't know. know. I, yes. already know I don't think you could have missed her. Uh, it looked like, uh, like Waldo's bigger sister, you know, like (laughs) they were going to do the book about her, but then they realized there's no way to hide this girl. Uh, (laughs) she had the exact same haircut, the big glasses. And I was like, wow, that, you know, where's Wendy, but it's, it's like the easy version of the where's Waldo, because it's really easy to pick her out. Uh, I had that lady in my notes and, uh, I don't know if you remember the video game Kirby. I do not. So Kirby was like this pink little ball. And uh, one of the things was he would suck up the bad guys and then whatever their power was, that's what he would take on. So oh, okay. like if you sucked up a guy that shot fireballs, Kirby shoots fireballs. So he kind of takes on the persona of whoever he eats. This lady looked like if Kirby ate Edna mode from the Incredibles, the fashion design, <laughs> she had the big black round glasses and but blonde. That was the only difference. It was a blonde Edna mode that was eaten by Kirby and you can't tell me otherwise. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened with that lady. But yeah, she stuck out. I can't even say like a sore thumb because the sore thumb doesn't stick out as much as this yeah. lady did. It this was, was a something, ridiculous. you know. Uh, oh, for sure. <laughs> it was a something. Serrano looked great. And I definitely want to see Sarah fight again. Uh, for sure. Uh, we probably have butchered her name a couple times, but uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll see her enough times going forward that we're like, oh, I know Mafungo or, you yeah. know. <laughs> um, Mafungo. Mafunga is uh, more of a Puerto Rican thing. So maybe I still have Amanda Serrano on the mind. Yeah. It that might, is, is it or is it Dominican? or I don't even know. It's, it's one of those Rican. islands. It's They're a all the same to me, Fritz. Uh, <laughs> on Alma's way, I learned that it's uh, you, you make the Mafungo with that. It was a Puerto Rican girl. So uh, gotcha. <laughs> PBS didn't leave me wrong on that one, Franco. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're good to go. Now, there was two things that I did have issues with, mostly like before the fight even started. The one thing was the audio for the ring announcers was not hooked up. So you could barely hear what they were announcing. And that was driving me crazy. It was going in and out from the start of the card. Yeah. At one point, I was just like, I don't need to know what these guys are saying anyway. At least they weren't throwing it to Spencer anymore for his, you know, shit takes on this. Like, oh, well, you know, a lot of guys probably scored this 10-9, but I scored it, uh, you know, 11-11 because yeah, yeah. I would like to be different and dumb. So uh, I, I do like to hear them announce them to the ring, though, and get all the information. Because one of the things that was confusing was the belts. Like they said, uh, the ring announcer, I'm pretty, I I even rewound it and played it again. They said all four belts. They said that Mafood had the IBF belt. And then they said that Serrano had the other, but Serrano does not have the other three. She only has two of them because the third one is with someone else. Um, uh, Erica Cruz, I think is her name. They were counting the, the irritable, irritable bowel uh, organization in their calculations where if we're going to, graduate the ibo up to one of the four i'm fine with that all right but we can't i'm not having a five i won't recognize five so if we're gonna graduate uh, ibo you know just like soccer relegation we're gonna have to move the wba down because that's the worst of them anyway you know with their regular champions and they're i know this this guy's related to the president of the organization belt 
WBA is bullshit. So if, if we're going to get rid of them, fine. But until then, I can't recognize IBO as a real belt. Yeah, well, I think that uh, Mafood's shorts agree with you because half of her patches were from, like her advertising patches were, we're all from, from the WBO, d- right? One WBO. was WBO. She had a, w, uh, a WBC one. Like she had all the different organizations and the, the patches started like peeling off halfway through the fight. They were just jumping ship off of her shorts. Yeah, they're like, you're losing all of us today. So yeah, <laughs> you don't get any. <laughs> Joe Joyce, 37 years old, coming in at 14 and 0, versus Joseph Parker, 30 years old, coming in at 30 and 2. <laughs> Why anybody steps in the ring with Joe Joyce, I don't know. This <laughs> the dude looks like a complete badass. Yeah. So kudos to for Joseph Parker for taking this fight. For the most part, this was a, a good fight. Joe Joyce throws like he's being paid by the punch. For heavyweights, he is so active. Yeah. It's really incredible how many punches he throws. In the 11th round, when this finally ended, he looked like he could go an, another 10. Like, he really, his conditioning is great. His jaw is fantastic. Yeah. But Joseph Parker did land some monster right hands, right to the face. Square, might as well have been a target, and landed him. But it it didn't seem to shake Joe Joyce at all. Like the Juggernaut is a wonderful nickname for this dude because he seems unstoppable. Really incredible to watch this dude fight. Now, here's what I will say about watching this fight. If you have not watched this fight, it's certainly worth watching. You probably have it on ESPN Plus. You know, you probably bundled it with your Disney Plus package. So watch (laughs) this fight. It was totally worth it. If there's one fight I'm going to say that you need to watch from this past weekend, it's definitely Joe Joyce versus Joseph Parker. I went in with expectations high and it still exceeded it because Joseph Parker kind of, he was pretty much getting his ass kicked for the whole fight. Yeah. (laughs) But he was eating so many and then still trying to give back. The effort was there. The one, it was absolutely there. The jaw was there for Joseph Parker because a lesser man would have been knocked out in the second or third round, like, cause there was yeah. a couple times where I thought Joseph Parker was in trouble early and he weathers the storm and didn't fall or anything. And I was like, Holy shit, this dude is made of something different. That relentless attack of the juggernaut. Finally, he landed one so flush that it sent him sprawling backwards and into the corner and on the mat. I couldn't believe the ref was even counting. Like it was such a bad <laughs> fall that I thought he was just going to be like, no, nah, that's enough. This is, this has been too much. I thought that, first of all, I agree. Joseph Parker looked really good. He did get his ass beat for the majority of the fight, especially round seven through 10. I thought he was just hanging on by a thread. And then out of nowhere, he would throw some kind of a massive shot, land something really big. And it's like, maybe, maybe he'll catch something. You know what I mean? Maybe he'll get lucky, but he was, he was getting his ass beat because first of all, Joyce came out. Do you remember in blades of steel when you would get into the fight? And it was either the straight, like high shot, or it was the little hook to the body. Yeah. That's all he was doing. He was on blaze of steel mode and just kept throwing that huge jab that he has. But because he's so big and so strong, that jab is like, you know, me throwing at full strength. Oh, absolutely. And he's barely bopping it out there. It was, it was awesome. So he's doing this death by a million jabs thing. And then it starts kind of taking a toll on Joseph Parker. And then both guys just start exchanging from the third round on. They were just throwing huge shot. Both guys swinging for the fence. It almost looked sometimes like they were fighting in a dream. Like he was going just a little bit too slow. Yeah. But 
who cares? Like they were, they were, they were telegraphing it to the other guy. Like, Oh, here comes this huge shot. And the other guy was, it was almost like wrestling when they do chest chops. They're just like, yeah, give, <laughs> give it to me. Let's see what you got. And yeah. then they eats the punch. And then the other guy takes an uppercut and Joe Joyce looked like the goddamn Terminator. When those shots would land, he was completely unfazed. His face didn't change. He might have had a tiny bit of swelling. He right. got punched. He got punched in the dick at one point and didn't even flinch. Just kept moving. Ref didn't even like see it. He was just like, oh, whatever. It took like the third low blow before he finally kind of gave a warning. But I, th- I think he felt guilty. He's like, this isn't even affecting this guy. Like, keep going. Yeah, the ref is probably like, well, he's probably still got another foot of dick that's not affected by that <laughs> punch. So I'm sure he'll be okay. Uh, you know, if only six inches of the 18 are hurt, I'm sure that he'll still be able to perform. <laughs> so for the people that are listening that didn't watch this fight and are going to refuse to go back and listen to my advice and go watch this fight, uh, maybe you saw Rocky four and this is how Rocky four should have gone where the, like the bigger, stronger dude didn't, <laughs> you know, lose in the end. This was the bigger, stronger dude took out the guy that was trying so goddamn hard. And had all the spirit and all the trying and all the want it in the world, but just wasn't good enough. Like that's how, you know, Balboa versus Drago in real life would have gone. So that's how it went down in this fight. Yeah. I will say that I give a lot of credit to Parker for trying to beat the count. When he went down, he he plinkoed his head off like the bottom two ropes. And then the post hits the mat super hard. And Tyson Fury was in the front row. He was cheering on Joseph Parker, came out with him and everything. And when you, I, I rewound it and I was looking at his face to see how he reacted. And you see him kind of nod his head like, oh, geez, yeah, that was a good shot. And he might be dead. And then he waits like a beat. And then you see him start yelling, get up, get up. And I'm thinking, no, don't get up. I think he's dead. Yeah. If you don't beat this guy, I might have to fight him. Please get yeah. up. <laughs> if you put a loss on this record, I can ignore him. Now, after the fight, Joe Joyce did call out Usyk. I think that would be a fun fight, and I think that's a good in-between before you finally get Fury versus Usyk. I think that Usyk might be too fast for Joe Joyce, but if Joe Joyce can land one of those bombs on him, I think this could be a good, exciting fight. Without a doubt. Stylistically, it would be a a cool match. The power versus speed. Totally. You know, the the size versus the skill. It would definitely be a fun fight to watch. I know that Joe Joyce is the WBO mandatory for Alexander Usyk's belt, but I think that the WBO and all of the sanctioning bodies will step aside if there's going to be an undisputed. So we'll see. Believe me, any of these heavyweights we're talking about, I want to see him in the ring. I want to see him get start facing each other. I, I would love it. Kudos to Joseph Parker for taking on this test. You weren't up for it, but you hung in there longer than I thought you were going to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kudos to you for for making this fight. I, I can't even say interesting because kind of getting beat up. But at no point fun. did you think like, all right, he still has the power to land a shot. And it was fun. Yeah, I totally agree. And I can't wait to see where these two end up going. I know we're going to see them both again. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely tune in next time they fight. Punch Maniacs, thank you sincerely for joining us again this week. I hope you've had some fun. There was a lot of action this weekend, but I can't say a lot of it great. So this might be a short playing boxing segment, you know, because they tell us all the time, Franco, 
they can't play boxing, and we prove them wrong every week with our segment called Playing Boxing. Uh, Friday night was when uh, the fights kicked off, but I tuned in 1.6 hours too late, to, and I missed the main event. Sakura Stevenson, I, I was going to be there right at the time of the main event, but I was I missed uh, I missed the start time by 1.6 hours. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you got you got one job, dude. It's to come in at weight, and you lost your belts on the scales. And then you beat up Kensei Cow, uh, which the dude is, uh, it was going to be a good fight, but just the fact that he was like, oh, I can't do it. And this and that, you should have known it the day be- before the day before the fight. So his, he's got things coming up at 135. We'll see what those will be. He wasn't really knocking anybody out at 130. Are you going to be able to carry uh, not power up to 135? We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I'm still a Shakur Stevenson fan, but I was disappointed that he couldn't make, make the weight. I think that's the perfect word is disappointed. Like I was looking forward to this fight. Uh, we've seen Kansai South fight in the past. And so I was like, okay, this could be fun. And then who cares? He lost the belts on the scales. So who the person that really lost for this weekend was the fans because this fight became not relevant. It would be like if for the Super Bowl, only one team could win and the other team, it doesn't matter if they win, they still don't get the Super Bowl trophy. And right. And if they do win, then nobody gets the championship. And that's kind of what we got. Nobody got the belts. That's so stupid and so lame. And I get it. You still have to have the fight because you have, you know, 10,000 tickets sold or whatever in front of Shakur Stevenson's home crowd. But I, I didn't care. Why would I care about this fight at all? It's not like it's, you know, he's fighting Tank Davis or some big name. He's fighting Kansai Sal, like a dude that we saw on some undercard on ESPN or on DAZN before. Who cares? You know, so I as soon as he stopped caring about his weight, I stopped caring about this fight. Yeah. And maybe that was the problem. He was at home for this fight and maybe home cooking was a little too good. You know what I mean? (laughs) I've definitely been on the road and I'm starving myself. I'm like, "Ah, I don't feel like getting up to eat. Then you get home. You're like, oh all my favorites of at home are here. And then you start eating again. So maybe that was the problem. Now, what other, were there any other fights that we should care about from this past weekend? Uh, well, I didn't watch a second of that Friday card. So if the punch maniacs have something that I should check out, like I'm telling you to check out Joe Joyce versus Joseph Parker, please let me know. I'll be happy to check something out. But, uh, I watched a lot of the highlights from the Maxi Hughes versus kid Galahad. Fight. I forgot there was about a- that one. There was actually a couple good knockouts on the undercard. There was uh, a giant, giant heavyweight going against a heavyweight. That turned out to be a nice, fun slugfest. The Maxi Hughes versus Kid Galahad was, eh, it was okay. Like I said, if we're going to direct anybody that they have to go see any of the fights from this weekend, it's the uh, the two that uh, were on that ESPN Plus card uh, with Joe Joyce and Joseph Parker headlining and Amanda Serrano and uh, Sarah Mafund uh, <laughs> checking us out. Now, how do we want to do it for next weekend? Because we do have, there's the Connor Ben, Chris Eubank fight. There's Sebastian Bandora against Carlos, not my cousin Ocampo. Uh, but otherwise, that's about it. So maybe we pair it up with the following week when there's almost too much boxing. You got Clarissa Shields versus Savannah Marshall. You got Deontay Wilder against Robert Hellenus. Got Devin Haney against George Combosos. You've got Rocky versus uh, Apollo Creed's coming back from the dead. They're going to do right. a, a trilogy match, like almost as timely as Triple G and Canelo. There's just so much boxing on the 15th. Yeah. Well, I could see taking in 
you know, Marshalls versus Shields. I could see taking in Haney versus Cambosos. I don't I don't know if I'm gonna fork the money down for Wilder versus Helenus. I just don't I think that's a showtime regular or a Fox over the streaming, you know. I don't think that's a pay-per-view. There's other good fights on that card too. So that'll be a game time decision for me. But uh yeah, we might need to do a big bundle, get all the, the stuff from October first and October eighth all together. Uh the fifteenth is the Helenus and Wilder fight, right? Correct. Yeah, the fifteenth. So we got a, we like got a little we got, we got a little while to think about that. All right. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be interesting to see how the hell we fit all of it in. But uh, yeah, maybe we just do one super episode, like uh, like the super friends coming together. We'll just have all the big stars coming out for one one big fight. Uh, we'll one hire big the fight big, night. We'll hire the big boy scout. Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice. Yeah. <laughs> That guy could do the the ways uh, the weights and the ages for between yeah, each exactly. fight, Bing, 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 and then yeah, we're we're at the Hall of the Super Friends. I love it. So I don't know, Franco. If you don't have anything else, I'm throwing in the towel. Thank you for listening to Punches and Punchlines. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. And we'll see you next week when we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor.